is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year to all of you. So uh, a few weeks ago, Hudson asked me to, you know, speak today. He said, give a New Year's message. And I thought, okay. And um, so during these days, I'm studying the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is uh, the fifth book in the Bible, okay? Uh, these are books traditionally you know, ascribed to Moses, and it's called the Pentateuch, and um, it's the fifth book, and um, I love the book of Deuteronomy, okay? If you have not read it, let me encourage you to go and read it. It's a fantastic book. It gives, a, gives us a great insight into the heart of God and what God has for us. And, uh, and I thought, oh, let me bring a message from the book of Deuteronomy, okay? And I've given this a title, The Normal Christian Life, okay? So we are going to hear the normal Christian life. And uh, so uh, let's read, uh, you know, Deuteronomy. What is the next slide? Okay, here we are. So from verses eight, observe therefore all the commands I'm giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. And so that you may live long life in the land that the Lord sowed to your forefathers to give to them and the descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you're entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that brings rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, new wine and oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. I would encourage you to go and continue reading the whole chapter. Can I have my phone please? I don't have the clock. Lest I overrun. Okay. So can we have the next slide please? Yeah, the next one. Okay, here we go. Okay, so you're going to have a le little lesson in geography today. Okay, this is the land of uh, Israel. And you know that uh, God brought his people out of the land of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea and then they came down the Sinai or Sinai Peninsula. They went to Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments and the laws of God were given. And then they went up, you know, into the desert of Paran, as they say, and which will be somewhere down here. 
And then God said, go and explore the lands because I'm giving you this land of Canaan and this is a promised land. And so then they sent 40, tri 40 people in a spice in to explore the land of Canaan. So they go through this desert of sin and they go up to Hebron, okay? They spy out the lands and they bring this big cluster of grapes, you know, from the valley of Escho. But when they go there, they are terrified of the people living there. And they come and give a bad report to the Israelites saying, we feel like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And the people are terrified and they say, we cannot go up and face these people. And God is angry with them and God says, you will now, this generation that has come out of Egypt will perish in the desert. So I'm going to make you wander in the desert for 40 years. So each year for the number of people that went to spy out the land of Canaan. And so they are in this desert wandering around and for a long time they are going around this Mount Seir. So Seir is this, this, this place, you know, below this Zered Valley has been given to, it's called Edom, okay? This was given as a land to Esau. Esau is the brother of Jacob. So God had given Edom, this area, to, you know, to uh, descendants of Esau. So they were circling around this Mount Seir for a long time. And then God said, cross over the Zered Valley. And this land is called Moab. And Moab has been given to, as a, as a position to the descendants of Lot, okay? And God said, I will not give you this land. This has been given to Adam. This is a land given to Lot's descendants. Then he said, cross the Arnon Gorge, okay? And this land is the land of Heshbon, okay? So Sihon, king of Heshbon, he said, I'm giving that land to you. So they overcome that king. Then they go north and go to the um, uh, land of Bashan, okay? Or the king of Bashan. So they defeat, overcome that king. So they have this territory and they go all the way up to Mount Hermon. So the Bible says the Israelites conquered all this land and this land was given as a position to two and a half tribes, to the tribe of Reuben and to Gad and the half and half of the tribe of Manasseh. And these are called the Transjordan tribes. This is the Jordan River. This is the Salt Sea, uh, sorry, um, uh, the Dead Sea, sorry, the Dead Sea. And then this is the Sea of Galilee. So this is Jordan River. And so once they have overcome this, they are in this area, you know, Mount Nebo. And, uh, and this is a setting for the delivery of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuter means second and nomos means law. So the law of God is being given for the second time. The first time it was given was in the book of Exodus and Leviticus. And the second time, this is a, so that was at the beginning of 40-year journey, and this is at the end of the 40-year journey. Moses is reiterating the law of God for the benefit of the new generation before they cross over, cross the river Jordan into the land of Canaan. Okay, so they are being reminded again of God and of His goodness and of His law. So that is a setting for the book of Deuteronomy, and then you know that. Moses was not able to cross. He went up Mount Nebo, and that's where he died, and he was buried there. And, uh, and uh, so I thought, okay, I'm an Indian, a cranky Indian, okay? And we have some expressions in India, some phrases that we use. And uh, so there is an expression we use, you do, you do, I do, my do, okay? 
you do your do, I do my do, which basically says you do your business and I will do my business. And so this book of, in this chapter, in this Deuteronomy chapter 11, God is saying, you do your do, I do my do, okay? So you have to do something and I will do something. So let's go on to what is you do your do. Easy to remember, isn't it? Yeah? You do your do, I do my do, okay? So what is you do your do, okay? See, you are, you're introduced to crankiness, you know, Indian style, okay? And uh, so you do your do is, God says faithfully obey the commands of God, okay? And God says that has to be your primary focus, your primary aim. Fully obey the commands of God. And what is the command of God? To love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And this has been, this, this is being mentioned in the book of, in the chapter, uh, chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. And uh, this forms part of the Shema Israel, the centerpiece of Jewish worship in the morning and evening, okay? Shema Israel is hear, O Israel, Shema Israel, okay? The Lord is God and the Lord is one. Yahweh Elohinu, Yahweh Echad, okay? And so this is a centerpiece. This is what they pray every morning and every evening, to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. And then God says, if you do that, then you will have strength to go in and take over the land the Lord is giving you, so that you may live long lives in the land the Lord is giving you. And then he also says, this is what you have to do, but then he also says, you're not to do something, okay? And that we find later on in verse 16, he says, do not turn away from God and worship other gods. Basically, don't copy what the world is doing, okay? Do what I'm telling you to do. We'll explore that in a minute. And then, um, so, and then God says, I do my do, okay? What is I do my do? God says, I will send the seasonal rains so that you can gather grain, new wine, and oil. So it doesn't mean that you're, there is no work. There is going to be work because you've got to plant the seeds you have to harvest, you have to bring it in, but it's going to be easy, he says. So gather grain, new wine and oil. You'll have grass for the cattle so that both man and animal will eat and be satisfied. Okay? So the primary aim or primary focus should be you do, your do, which is obey the Lord, love him. And then the secondary aim or the secondary realization will be you, you, your provisions will be taken care of, all right? So in Israel, God says, you have to have a primary focus and the secondary focus, okay? So primary is to love the Lord and follow him as a result of which your needs, your provisions will be met. And then he says something about the land of Canaan. He says the land of Canaan is unlike the land of Egypt. In the land of Egypt, you have to plant seeds and then irrigate by foot, okay? Because you have the Nile, and then you've got canals and everything coming from the Nile, 
And I don't know whether you are familiar with these things, but people coming from you know, India and probably the African subcontinent, Indian subcontinent would be familiar with this. So you got the canals going, and then you got a wheel with buckets attached to it, like buckets, you know, they're wooden buckets. And you pedal it like a cycle, and the wheel moves, it dips into the water, brings the water up, and then, you know, it is poured into the land, okay? So it's hard work, okay? So basically, in the land of Egypt, you can get your grain, but it's hard work. But God says, the land of Canaan is going to be different. It brings rain from heaven. It's a land the Lord cares for. The eyes of the Lord are on it always. Now, let's try and apply this and and see what it means to us. You see, what is physical in the Old Testament has spiritual connotations in the New Testament. Now, I want us to be a bit more interactive, okay? So if I ask you, what is a primary aim or primary focus of people in the world, okay? What is a primary focus? What would you say? What is a primary aim? Come on, guys. To survive. So what are the ingredients for survival? Money, food, shelter, uh, water, food and water, shelter, sorry, fire, okay, okay, so you have food, water, shelter, okay, all of those things, that is a primary focus, and once the primary aims are met, then we become a bit more greedy, then we want possessions, we want to accumulate, okay? And you said we want, we want money, we want wealth, we want power, okay? And all of those things. Now, if I ask you, what is your primary aim, church? What is your primary aim? What is the primary focus of your life? You don't have to share this, but I would ask you to examine your life, okay? We need to meditate, we need to examine, okay? We need to contemplate, okay? Sometimes we are so quick, we sit in front of a Bible, we do a quick prayer and we think, okay, everything is good. But no, we have to spend some time looking into our lives, analyzing our lives, thinking about our lives, okay? Otherwise, we are just going blind, okay? Now, is, let's, let's think about it. We wake up in the morning, on Monday morning, you put your alarm on, you wake up, and then you go to work. You have to go to school or university or whatever. So quickly getting ready, okay? Trying to rustle up your lunch and having your breakfast and uh, putting your clothes on, making yourself presentable, you know, then catching your transport, whatever it is, to work and then you focus on your work, on your career, and then you have your hobbies, and then you have social media, lots of them. I don't have a clue, you know. The only thing that I have is WhatsApp, which I only look at maybe once in, maybe at the end of the day or something like that, okay? So don't send anything to me on WhatsApp. If you send me anything on WhatsApp, text me to say you've sent me something on WhatsApp, <laughs> all right? Or you can tell Sunu, tell Ensign that, you know, she's a communications manager, all right? And uh, so email again, 
I, I, we have one combined one, okay? And um, so I will check it only once in a while. So I don't know, there's lots of social media apparently, Facebook and all, I, I don't know, okay? Shopping, fashion, attracting the opposite sex, you know? So we have so many things that we are trying to juggle on a daily basis, okay? And then we have to accommodate worshiping God and spending time with God and church and everything, you know? You're thinking, sometimes you're thinking, to make us happy, we are quickly, five minutes, we read the word, and then we make a quick prayer. I think, okay, at least I've done prayer, oh, I'm okay. Then on Sunday, that's okay, we come to church, you know, so that's fine. So what is primary in your life, church? What is primary aim in your life, okay? Is it knowing God? Is it aligning yourself with God and His ways? Okay? Is it thinking about Him? Is it following Him? Is it trying to understand what He is speaking to me? Or is it all the other things that I have described? So each one of us, just like God spoke to Israelite, that is a primary aim, primary focus, and that is a secondary aim or secondary focus. And God says to the Israelites, it has to be this way. Your primary aim has to be knowing God and understanding God and aligning yourself with God, and then all your needs will be met. Let's look at what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now did he say, don't eat? He didn't say that. Did he say, don't drink? He didn't say that. Did he say, don't wear anything? He didn't say that. Did he say, do not do any work? He didn't say that. He said, work is good. Work is important because he said, my father has, is at work and I am also at work. God is at work, okay? And so work is important. Work is part of life. But he says, do not worry about all these things. Do not worry for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. We need all these things, okay? And he says, when you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. And in Matthew chapter 22, when somebody asks him, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus reiterates Deuteronomy 6. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You see, look at Israel. Now God is telling the Israelites what is the context in which he's speaking to them. The Israelites have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They have no fixed abode. They're not guaranteed the next meal, okay? They don't know where they're going to get their water from, okay? And to this nation, and they have been promised the promised lands, and they are waiting for it. They have their aspirations, okay? And they have their dreams. And to this nation, God is saying, love me with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Hold on to me. Kujesu Bambalela, is that what we're saying? Hold on to Jesus, you know, that's what he says. 
And then during the time of Jesus, what is the context? Jesus is speaking to Israelites who are poor, okay? Many of them are sick and they are burdened with all sorts of difficulties. They are under Roman oppression who is collecting a lot of taxes from them. And to these people, Jesus is saying, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And when we are hearing this message, what is the context that we live in? We've just come out one of the greatest crises that we have ever seen in our lifetime, the pandemic. And once the pandemic finished, then we have the energy crisis caused by the war in Ukraine. And then this cost of living crisis as a result of this. So we are being hit with crisis after crisis after crisis. And to us, crisis or no crisis, the message of heaven is, what is it? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The message is the same. From the beginning to the end, the message of heaven doesn't change. Hallelujah. So why does God say this? Why? Because life without Christ, you are on your own. Like the land of Egypt, you have to irrigate on, with foot. You have to do hard work. Whereas life with Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And with you, it's like the land of Canaan. He brings in the seasonal rains. You're not on your own. Hudson preached a good, you know, like in a family service. He said, when you are in Christ, you have God the Father, you have God the Son, you have God the Holy Spirit, you got the angels, you got the church family, all of us standing with you. We have got strength in numbers. Okay? Can I ask Zach to come and join me here, please? So I'm asking him to be God, okay, in my life. Don't knock off my, come and stand here. <laughs> okay, this is God, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, so in the New Testament period, God's eyes are on us. He is with us. He is in our life. 24-7, all the time, okay? We are not on our own. If we really wanted to, we can experience His presence, His closeness, hear His voice, speak to Him, know the peace and comfort that comes from Him. Comes from him. We can understand His Word and we can teach His Word. Hallelujah. And this is it. And God says, I will neither leave you nor forsake you. This is the greatest blessing. God in my life, 24-7. Hallelujah. Do you recognize that church? Do you recognize that? The one who's created everything. The one who died on the cross. We sang about this this morning. The one who overcame says, I will be with you 24-7. Okay? And this is the normal Christian life living with him, recognizing him, okay, and enjoying his presence. Believe in him 
not because if you not because you think if I go with him I will get food don't follow him for food okay but believe in him because you recognize his love his presence his grace his compassion his goodness and because of his sacrificial death on the cross for you and for me hallelujah don't come to him for food but come to him because you recognize who he is don't follow the ways of the world in verse 16 he says don't follow the ways of the world what other people are doing don't blindly believe the recommendations of your friends of your seniors the formulas of successful people maybe there is some wisdom in it okay there is some common sense things which you may be able to use okay some instructions and advice for life but don't blindly believe look to him not to Zach but to God okay all right examine yourself whose voice am I hearing whose voice am I listening to who is guiding me when somebody your friends tell you that you will not make it are you going to believe it we heard today when Lakshmi said by the name of God okay by the power of God I will overcome I will defeat this giant okay so when your friend tells you when your colleagues tell you that you are not good enough don't believe that lie listen to him okay we were good enough for him to come and live with us the king of kings to come and live within us we are the most blessed people in this whole world church we are the most blessed people sometimes we think oh God come to me God is always there he's already there okay oh God bless me I'm already blessed because king is with me and all the resources of heaven is with me hallelujah so we have a primary focus a primary aim and when we follow the Lord all our needs will be met through him I remember when I came here after a couple of years seeing my success somebody a doctor came to my house and she asked me what is the reason for your success then I said look you know I was a registrar in in um, in Yorkshire I heard the voice of God I was trying to go back to India I heard the voice of God I came here we started you know a very you know a door open for us to teach the word of God and we've been teaching the word of God and then God you know just gave me success I don't know how it happened it just happened she said no 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 I don't want to hear about God I want to know your formula for success okay the world wants what we have wealth joy peace comfort hope but without God eh? the world wants what we have but they don't want God now look at the astonishing thing we are always looking instead of looking to the king who is with us we are looking and seeing what is out there what are other people doing how are they living their hobbies social media okay fashion okay I can't understand for the life of me why people do this uh, 
stag parties and Hindus and everything. We are copying everything. All right. Well, if you do it, I mean, it's not the end of the world, church. Okay. My children did it. But I, I'm just asking you, think, why? Why you do some things? Why? Just because we want to copy the world. Eh? Why? All right. <laughs> you know, when I when I'm doing my I, I don't do you know, I do private practice these days, okay? And they tell me you need to have social media, you need to have Facebook and everything. And I said, I can't even look after my WhatsApp. How will I do Facebook? All right. Instagram, I have no clue. Okay? You see, my success doesn't come from Facebook or so, or um, Instagram or whatever that is out there. Okay. God, God, you please no no stay here. Stay, here. <laughs> stay with me. All right. All right. You see, my provisions don't come from my turning the water wheel. It comes from heaven. Hallelujah. It's being. The eyes of the Lord are always on me. He sends in the seasonal rains. I don't do it the world's way. I do it a different way. Hallelujah. And the normal, so we are trying to have what the world has and then put God into the mix. A hybrid. Okay, we like hybrid. Best of both worlds. All right. That is not God's way. So the normal Christian life church, as we start this new year, is knowing the Father, knowing the Son, knowing the Holy Spirit, recognizing His presence, recognizing the greatest blessing we have in our life, worshiping Him, walking with Him, enjoying His presence, all right? And then knowing His Word. You see, when you then read forward in chapter you know, 11, it says, Fix my words in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. You know, bind them on your foreheads. Attach them on your door frames and your gates. So he says, know my word. When you speak to him, when you spend time with him, we will know his word. There are many Christians who come to me and say, oh, I don't know the word, so I don't share the gospel with people. Amazing, isn't it? When the king is with us, we don't know who he is. Isn't it amazing, don't you think, when you say, I don't know the word? Amazing. We spend time with him, we will know all about him. Okay, hallelujah. Never say, I don't know his word, church. If you don't know his word, it, doesn't, it means that you don't know him who is with you 24-7. Teach his word to your children. He says, teach it. When you are at home, when you're walking along the road, when you sit down and when you get up, okay? Proclaim his word. Write it on your gates, he says. Proclaim it to the world. Tell the good news that there is a king, there is a savior. Tell it to the world. Hallelujah. And when you keep doing this, God says your needs will be met. Miraculously, wonderfully, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Hallelujah. And this church is a normal Christian life. And God bless you. Have a wonderful 2023. I hand over to Felix.
You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.